and welcome into Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown, Jack I'm Mitchell Smedley on a Tuesday evening. Not when we're usually on the air, but due to how the schedule broke. Tuesday is a Monday, Jack. Tuesday is a Monday this week. so It's so stupid. I agree with you. I think it's a little bit, uh, I think it's a weird decision to do this. But like, let's talk about the math of this for one second. Two things. Number one, like, so I guess they're worried that we're going to miss our our Monday classes because of whatever. I don't know, but uh, we're going to. You know, we'll still have two Tuesday, Thursday classes and two Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes each week. Uh, you know, with a with a Monday off like this, and and actually, most Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes are fifty minutes compared to Tuesday, Thursday, which are eighty minutes. So we're we're you know, uh, it, it causes us to uh, miss more school doing it this way. I'm not complaining. I love that, but I'm just saying from a managerial standpoint, what are they doing? What are they doing? I don't know. I don't Sorry. know. I got really into that for a hot second. So, but you did a lot to discuss. Uh, we'll have NFL recap, college football recap, MLB recap, and for the first time today, Jack, your phone calls, folks. Should we give out that number for the first time? We should. If you want to dial into heavy hitters, give your thoughts on uh, any subject matter, dial six one zero six eight three four zero five eight. 610-683-4058. You want to get started with um, my top story? <laughs> I think it's a lot of people around here's top story. Let's get right to it. Diving into the MLB front, we got to talk games one and two of the NLDS between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves. And it feels like the Phillies have lost the series. I'm going to be honest. That's how I walked away from game two last night. Game one was beautiful. Shut out the most high power... High-powered offense. <laughs> the most high-powered offense in 100 years in the Atlanta Braves got shut out by Phillies pitching. Ranger Suarez goes three and two-thirds. He's lifted early from this game. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, Ranger Suarez, not Ranger Suarez. Uh, well, he did. But Jeff Hoffman, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Orion Kirkering, um, and a couple others. Craig Kimbrell closing it out. Uh, they, ho- they hold the Braves to zero runs, five hits. Um... Bryce Harper with a home run. Bryson Stott an RBI single. Uh, and a catcher's interference call that did actually happen. And then the classless Atlanta fans throwing items on the field. I'll get to them. Yeah, that, I'll was, get to that, them. that was bad. Bad what, look What a bunch of fans. bozos Atlanta fans are. All of them. Yeah, that was... Uh... Idiot losers. Not a fan of Atlanta uh, fans. They're, they're Not their finest moment Fair weather. Very, very bad Disgusting... Look. And it, it's not the first time this has happened either. If this no, happens not. in Philadelphia, national story, you don't hear the end of it. This happened in Atlanta, and because of that, you're hearing nothing about it in the national media. I'm tired of this double standard. I'm tired of watching other fan bases. We talked about the situation in New England earlier at the Patriots game this year. We, we talk about this. Uh, things happen at other, uh, other stadiums other than Philadelphia. There are rowdy fans elsewhere that do dumb, boneheaded things. And you never hear about it because Philadelphia is portrayed as this awful place. It Nowhere is. else possible. It's not possible anywhere else. It is. It is. You see it, um, which Cleveland game was it a while ago? Like oh, the that, they Cleveland played the Browns. Jaguars. Yeah. It was in Cleveland. Yeah, in Cleveland and the a fans. Terrible just, call. Yeah. Terrible, terrible call. I don't care how bad the call the was. Fans, People got hurt in that event. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a bad look for the NFL. 
bad look for Cleveland, the yeah. fan base. They it happens started elsewhere. raining down garbage on the field. It was it was a huge ordeal. I believe it took like 40 minutes to clean up, mm-hmm. and then they tried to resume the game. And they said, no, we're just squashing it. It's over. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was a minor detour. The Atlanta fans, quiet, by the way. No, no life in that ballpark. That ballpark should be in the minor leagues. It's a stupid stadium. Uh, just my personal opinion. Six one zero six eight three forty fifty eight. If you have other thoughts, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you disagree, uh, anyway. So game one goes to the Phillies. I'm on cloud nine. First time Jack and I watched a playoff baseball game together. Yes. Yeah. How'd you like it, buddy? From Bloomsburg, it was good. I was on edge the whole time. Yeah, I know. Um, Trey Turner, a great defensive play, and that would be counteracted in Game 2, where after getting out to a 4-0 lead, thanks to JT Romuto with a two-run homer, uh, the Phillies getting to Max Freed in the early innings. Sixth inning comes along. Zach Wheeler hasn't allowed a hit through five and two-thirds, allows a single, uh, and then um, another, so I believe it, no, he hit, or was it a hit batter or a walk? I believe it was a walk to Acuna, I want to say. Yes. Uh, followed up by a single into right. Acuna goes first to third. And then the throw in from Castellanos. And somehow it gets booted by Trey Turner for his second error of the day. Gets booted by Turner. Uh, Acuna scores the Braves' first run. And from there, the momentum totally flipped. Uh, seventh inning, Rob Thompson leaves Zach Wheeler in the ball game when his velo had dipped. Four miles per hour. He clearly didn't have his best stuff anymore. Hard hit single to lead off the inning. Oh, maybe we should get him out. No, he gets a strikeout. That's great. And then Travis Darno, who always hurts the Phillies. Two-run bomb. It's 4-3. to three. Let's move to the eighth inning because the Phillies offense just shut down at this point. Eighth inning. Uh, who is this? Jeff Hoffman yeah, pitching? Jeff Hoffman comes Jeff in. Jeff Hoffman comes in to pitch. When Sir Anthony Dominguez shut down these exact same hitters that he was going to face, whatever, let's throw Hoffman in, the guy with very little uh, big-time experience who we just brought up from AAA this year. Fine. Um, Well, he hits Ronald Acuna, first batter. Uh, And then I believe he got one out. Maybe, was it one or two outs? I think it was two outs. I think he got two outs in the eighth. Oh, one out. Okay, so one out in the eighth, runner on first. Yeah, so a one-handed swing. Alvarado. Yeah, Harris got out against Alvarado. Then Hoffman comes in, hits Acuna with a pitch. Acuna. Albies grounds out. Yep. And then uh, to Harper. Two Austin outs. Riley steps Riley to the plate. steals third. Doesn't really matter, but he does steal third. No one asks. And then Austin Riley with a, a one handed swing on a 3 2 pitch. Um, Hook day. Destroyed homer. my heart. Uh, has ruined my self esteem, my self image. Uh, he has he has destroyed my my body image, my uh, <laughs> mental stability. Mitch is going on a rant here. All with one swing, crushed, puts it in the soul. left field seats. Uh, the Braves Sends go up five four, and as if that weren't bad enough, as if that weren't bad enough. Bryce Harper led off the top of the ninth with a walk. Yippee! JT Romuto misses a very hittable pitch, pops out, and then Nick Castellanos hits a ball that I didn't think had a chance to get out. But then I hear at the and Michael Harris, the second, <laughs> makes a Chaz McCormick-esque play at the wall, catches the ball at the wall, and then if that weren't bad enough, Bryce Harper's already around third, around second, heading for third for God knows what reason, and he's doubled up to end the ball game. Uh, the Phillies blow a four-run lead. They did. And any chance, in my opinion, well, not any chance, most of their chance of winning this series. Um, 
I am just completely devastated. I'm tired of the Phillies fans that are like, we take a split. We take No, I take two. I take two. I don't care if it sounds greedy. 610-683-4058. But you had a chance to stomp on the throats of the most touted team in the league, this juggernaut Atlanta Braves. You had a chance to be up 2 nothing with them coming into your stadium for two games. And you let it go. Let it slip through the grasp. And now you're staring at a series. Yeah, it says one to one. It feels like it's five to one Atlanta right now. It feels like the Phillies are absolutely out of this thing the way they just gave momentum back to Atlanta. We'll talk about pitching matchups. We'll talk about all of that. I, I quite frankly, I'm I'm out of any care. I'm out of any hope that we will win. I think it's over. You don't you let the sleeping giant awake. You let their power return. Braves were shut out through fourteen innings. I'm gonna chime in here. Go for it. Um, 610-683-4058, by the way. Yes. And we have our first call. Go ahead, Jack. So, my thoughts here. Look, Rob Rob Thompson, some questionable decision-making in this series. Uh, in this series, I meant in this game. Uh, you know, letting Wheeler in against Arnaud, who has very good career numbers Where are you calling from, Jack? against... Very, very good career numbers against Zach Wheeler. Uh, hitting up right close to 400. Close to 400 uh, against... All right, Jack. Well, we have our first caller of the day. Um, Who are we taking a call from? We're talking to John in Schnecksville. John in Schnecksville. John, what's in your mind today? Oh, my God. I just want to wonder if your partner in crime is serious over there. Me? Is my mic on? You talking about me, John? I am talking about you, sir. Listen, anyone who knows me, I'm a diehard Met fan. I do not like either one of the teams currently playing. But At this moment, neither were, do I. If you played the first two games in Philly and split and we're heading back to Atlanta to play this game, I could see you being massively concerned. But at the end of the day, Noel is pitching at home where he has a oh, two-plus ERA. You're going to be okay with that crowd. Yeah, I mean, yes. Very very good point with the crowd factor here, John. I was going to get to that in a minute. I want to dial it back to game two, though. Uh, I mentioned Darno with the, uh, the matchup statistics against Wheeler. Not sure why Rob Thompson left Zach in the game that late. Considering completely moronic, all the all the factors there with we you know the success these guys are battery mates in New York, uh, where where both these guys started their professional careers they know each other very very well, and the decision to leave him in the game, uh, was really the most baffling one in my mind in yeah. this entirety of game two, and that's what I'm concerned about. John is the incompetency that this team showed. This team did not show that they can take control of a series 2-0 when they were in strict position to do so. And and Jack is one that always talks about momentum and culture and everything. This completely changes the culture of of this team and of this series right now. You're Well, it's a culture defining moment, Mitch. And yes, I think it swings the momentum in Atlanta's way just because they came back in a one game too. The way they did. Yep. Also, Jeff Hoffman, very, very critical of his pitch selection in that full yes. count, decides to throw a changeup when he blew two fastballs by Riley exactly. in the, pitch in the, earlier in the at-bat. I mean, I don't know why you're throwing a changeup there. When, when the fastball's been working, and this whole Braves lineup looks like they've been struggling with, with fastballs the whole series, you decide to throw him an off-seed pitch in a full count, hits a home run, comes back to hurt you, and the Braves uh, go on to win the game. So a lot of questionable decision-making. In this game, too. John, any other thoughts in your mind, though? Oh, I, just, I, I thought you were moving on. I just hung up the, the only, phone. The only thing I would say is, listen, as much as it pains me to say this, very few crowds, Very, I'm not saying none, but there are very few crowds like what Philly brings to the table. Home field advantage is actually a thing in that ballpark, and I think they're going to bring a lot of energy to that Philly. So 
Awesome. Think you guys might win uh, the game with Nola. Probably you think so? lose game four and go back to Atlanta for game five. So enjoy got a prediction the on game five? Prediction on game five? Yeah. Wheeler Freed again. Uh, yeah, Wheeler Freed again. So, you know, listen, I'd be a lot more comfortable as a Braves fan if it was Wheeler Strider, but you got to get to game five. Everyone's available game five, I'd say, at home. Braves taking them five. Sorry, okay. Mitch. All right. It's John. okay, John. Thank you very much. John from Schnecksville. Take First easy, heavy hitters caller. Thanks, buddy. Great to talk to you. All right. And if you want to get your voice heard, just like John did, 610-683-4058. Yes, sir. All righty. Let's keep moving on here. Um, It kind of segued into Game 3. Let's just preview Game 3 right about now. Actually, before we do that, I do have a message from the KUR Notebook. From the KUR Community Calendar, want to join a fun campus club? Join KUR. Fun events, great friends, and an opportunity to play your favorite tunes await. Or talk about your favorite sports. Email kur at kutztown.edu. That's kur at kutztown.edu for more information. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, heavy hitters, hour number one on this Tuesday. We are so glad to be with you talking sports, talking MLB, postseason. We'll get to the NFL a little bit later on in the show, um, and we'll see how uh, everything else shakes out. And we could be talking about a new subject today as a uh, return of a certain sport is in the forefront. Anyway, yes, it is. that's more for hour number two. All right, let's get back into baseball, though, Mitch. Talked about sure. games one and two. Going to game three, you said, you, you uh, sarcastically, you said, comforting with Aaron Noll on the mound. Braves don't know who's on the mound yet. That is legitimately comforting. Now, so the way I see it, Jack, the way I see it after what just happened, the atrocity that was just committed against all of our psyches here in Philadelphia, um, I think the Braves scored double digits in both Philly games. Uh, That's crazy. I, I know it's a bold take. It's just how I feel right now. Aaron Nola, he's prone to those blow-up innings in these big spots. He's prone to that. That happens, especially against good hitters, in, and that's exactly – he's seeing nine of those in Atlanta. I think Aaron Nola struggles. The, the lucky thing is I think that the Phillies also get some offense going tomorrow. I think it's a heavyweight fight uh, up there on the scoreboard in Philadelphia. This home field advantage, John talked about it. It's a good point. Red October is real. Um, and good to see that. I Look, I am so much on the negative side of the spectrum. I'm shocked that there's not more people freaking out as much as me today in the in the Philadelphia realm of things. Um, usually I'm pretty straight down the middle with my fury. There's people that are more upset, people that are less upset. But I, I think I'm the capstone here. And uh, so that, that crowd will uh, surely be right behind the fills as they always are. So... Pitching matchup, like you said, is is crucial. Can Aaron Nola be the Aaron Nola we saw in the wild card series in his last couple starts here in the clinching game and such? Um, or is he going to fold? It's it's really uh, an interesting spot. Similar spot to last year when he pitched game three here in Philadelphia. We had that Reese bat spike. Uh, against That was against Strider. Which, by the way, Strider will pitch game four. Jumping ahead a little bit on you here, Jack. Game four, Spencer Strider uh, will match up against Ranger Suarez. Same as game one in this series. Um, Spencer Strider, who doesn't like uh, crowd noise, is going to get a bunch of it. So look for that to be a factor as well. Good thing for Nola is 3.40 career ERA against Atlanta with a 15-10 and 10 record, 203 strikeouts and 33 career appearances. But if you want to just solely focus on this season, we can do that by taking a look at his stats. This year in three starts against the Braves, went six innings in all of those, gave up none in his lone home start against Atlanta, Gave up five runs in the start down Atlanta's first time around on the road, second time on the road, much better with six innings, only two runs allowed. So we'll see. Can he mirror the results that he had in the regular season showdown at Citizens Bank Park against the Braves? Nola, again, a much better pitcher at home to the 
excuse me, to the tune of a sub-3-5 ERA at home and over a 5 ERA on the road. Huge difference maker for the Phillies that they get NOLA going at home in front of those fans, excuse me, in front of those fans where he can feel the support instead of out on the road in a raucous environment away from his home fans. I got a bold take for you, Jack, just to finish out talking about this Philly series. I think Trey Turner hits a big home run tomorrow. Um, eerily similar to Reese Hoskins with a game-costing error in Game 2 against the Braves last year. Came back, had a bomb against them in Game 3, set the tone for the rest of the series. So look for Trey Turner to be an X-Factor uh, if history is doomed to repeat itself. All right, well, that will take us to our first break of the show. Again, if you want to call in and give your thoughts, 610-683-4058. All right, we're going to break. We'll be back momentarily here on Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. From the McFarland Student Union Building, this is Heavy Hitters. Our number one, cruising along here. We just talked Phillies Braves. This is the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. That is the beautiful Jack Heim. I am Mitchell Smedley. The beautiful Mitchell Smedley. We, well, I don't feel beautiful today. I do not feel bonita. (laughs) Um, Do you or do you not feel bonita? I do not because I root for a team that blows four-run leads uh, in the playoffs. Okay, that's our next caller. Next caller on heavy hitters. In the meantime, we talked about the Phillies and the Braves, recapped games one and two, what we could possibly expect for game three, uh, with Nola being on the mound, TBD on the starter for the Atlanta Braves, and then going into game four, Spencer Strider, the expected starter, and we'll see who the Phillies elect to go with with a couple of very, very interesting games um, and, and some marquee matchups getting set to take place at Citizens Bank Park. Here over the next couple days, game three tomorrow. And I believe is game four on. All right, Jack. Well, now we'll get a word We're from our next caller. Josh in Kutztown. Josh in Kutztown. Josh, Sorry what? You You're good. Josh, what is on your mind today, pal? Phillies broke my heart last night. That's all I got to say. A couple of things that I took away from the game. Number one, why are you starting Christian Pache? in the outfield instead of Brandon Marsh. That's my first question. That's Number a great two, point. Why do you not why do you not why do you pull Zach Wheeler so late when he's already at eighty pitches to start that sixth inning? Why do you keep him in? Third of all, why do you choose the arms that you do? Just a lot of questions that I don't know. What are your thoughts on the game? Look, I mean we it's are a great point. It it is a great point. Look, we already addressed the Wheeler situation and saying that it was wrong to keep him in for so long, especially with Darno's numbers against him, yada, yada. I don't want to be redundant here. Big thing was um, the velo down. His stuff wasn't the same anymore. Yeah, exactly. He was he looked, 94 miles an hour. He looked tired. Ouch. He looked fatigued, out of gas. Uh, it was very, very, very poor managerial decisions from Rob Thompson there. The Pache thing's great, though, the because I've been yelling for Marsh. I need I need guys that aren't automatic outs. Hey, I'm not scared of Pache and Ross in the bottom of that no. order. One of them needs to be out. I need Marsh in the lineup. I don't care if it's a righty or a lefty. He hits fine. But thank you, Josh. Appreciate the call, man. We're going to keep it moving along here. Josh in Kutztown on Heavy Hitters. All righty. Well, let's move on here from Phillies Braves and get into some of the other series. Let's keep it in the National League. The Diamondbacks have a 2-0 series lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers, winning both games out at Dodgers Stadium in Arizona. Really setting the tone in that series. Heading back to the desert, and the Diamondbacks faithful have a chance to return to the National League Championship, National Championship Series uh, for the first time since 2007, where they met up with interdivision rival the Colorado Rockies. Unfortunately for Arizona, they got swept in that series uh, before the Rockies went on to the World Series to lose to the Boston Red Sox. Yep. Well, 
For Arizona, what's been so successful for them? Their young bats have come to play. The likes of Gabriel Moreno, Corbin Carroll, two young studs. Carroll drafted. Moreno was acquired in the Dalton Varsha trade. Arizona looking like they are reaping the benefits of that deal uh, earlier this season. He looks like the catcher of the future out in Arizona. The likes of Christian Walker and Cattell Marte, both veterans who have been there for quite some time. Evan Longoria has made a big-time impact since coming over from the San Francisco Giants for this team. I love the blend of the youth and the veterans in this lineup. And then pitching-wise, Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen have given the Diamondbacks the two quality starts that they hope for. And this bullpen continues to be locked down in the postseason, especially in the back end with Ginkle in the eighth and Seaball in the ninth. I love what I've seen of this Diamondbacks team, Mitch. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, man. I've Oh, there's our next caller. I've loved their young players, but I'll talk about that in just one second. Alrighty. Well, I will continue to give my thoughts on the Diamondbacks real quick. Again, they got Seawald from the Mariners to the trade deadline. A trade at the time for Seattle that made a little bit was a little bit bizarre because he was the, one of the premier bullpen arms. They actually ended up gearing to go on that late season run, but fell just short of the postseason, missing out against the Rangers and the Astros. But for me, a big time deal for them to get Seawald, and he's making such a big impact here in the postseason. Uh, for Arizona. All right, we are going to turn it over to another caller here on Heavy Hitters. Yeah, this is Ruben down at the nursing home. How you doing? We're doing good. I'm a big fan of your show. I listen all the time. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, so I want to talk about the Phillies. So it sounds like that guy there in the studio, what's his name, Mitch, I think? Yes. He's a little depressed about the Phillies, but I say don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be just fine. We knew this was going to happen. You're not going to sweep everything. They're coming home to the to the bank, and, and it's going to be crazy there, man. Everything's going to be fine. I say Phillies winning in uh, four. They're going to they're going to they're going to win the next two games, and and then they're going to go and they're going to they're going to sweep the Diamondbacks, uh, and then they're going to go and and uh, I don't know who they're going to play yet in the American League. I'm still working that out, but don't worry about it. Everything is fine there, Mitchell. Are you sure? Because I would have agreed with you. I I think I did predict Phillies in four, but. The problem is I thought we would, you know, play him tough, lose like 6-3 or something, but didn't have a total meltdown. But we, we no, lost in the most hey, hurtful hey, way possible. You know, the Phillies, they, they get a little hot. They get a little cold. I mean, they've been hot for a while now. They, we, we, were, we, were, we were overdue for a bad game. One bad game, I mean, hey, that's going to, you know, be the, 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 the little, little shot in the arm that they need to get, get, you know, get the job done. Everything is fine. Just relax there, boy. Relax. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm trying to relax. I'm trying to think that Nick Castellanos is right, that, that they play better when their backs are against the wall and all of that. That's right. But That's right. That was Absolutely. a meltdown, though, and now it gives was the all the momentum. I'm five years old. I've been down this road before, okay? <laughs> anytime, anytime you're, you feel like your back's against the wall, you get the job done, and that's going to be the Phillies, so don't worry about nothing, okay? All right. Well, Ruben says don't worry about it. I appreciate the call, Ruben. Hey, anytime, anytime. You guys are great. I love your show. Thank, Thank you so you much. Very much. Go Phillies. All right, thanks, Ruben. She says, or, uh, Ruben says, don't worry about it. I'll try to take that advice. Yeah, look, Ruben is very confident in the fills um, throughout the rest of the way. And look, as a fan, you certainly love to have that optimism. Uh, but, you know, and they have historically bounced back after game twos in recent recent history for them. You know, you just look back to last year, lost both game two in the LDS and the LCS rounds. Yeah, we're allergic to winning them. Game twos just usually don't go the Phillies' way, but historically, they have bounced back. So, yep. We'll see what I'm they trying. do here. I'm trying to stay positive. I'm t- really trying. But that game, by the way, tomorrow is at 5.07. Smack dab in the middle of heavy hitters. So you will all hear the uh, the reaction from me and Jack, who wants the Phillies to lose live on air tomorrow. So something to look forward to. All righty. 
Got to cruise through here. Um, D-backs, Dodgers, any thoughts on that for you? I, I've been in love with these young Diamondbacks hitters all season long. Um, really love them. Glad that they're uh, playing well in prime time. A uh, couple meltdowns by Dodgers pitching as well. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller. What did they go, a total of two innings? Yeah. Yeah, that's not getting it done. Uh, the Dodgers, number one uh, choking in the playoffs extraordinaire out west. So... Uh, nothing new from the Dodgers. Uh, really excited for the Diamondbacks, though. I love the Diamondbacks. Uh, I think they're a really good, scrappy young team. So I'm, I'm excited for them. And I, I, I think I predicted them to uh, upset the Dodgers as well. I didn't think we they'd both sweep did. them or anything, but yeah, we both good job on Arizona. Us, buddy. Yes, Boom. we did. All right. Well, we're going to step aside quick and an updated traffic report as it is rush hour here in hour number one of Heavy Hitters. We'll be back in 30 seconds here on KUR. Traffic is moving accident-free in the Lehigh Valley on 22 and 78, Berks County on 222 and 422, Schuylkill County on 209, 309 and 61, Carbon County on 248 and 443 and on the Turnpike. The 69 News Traffic Center tip line is 610-820-1111. I'm Jeff Bolden in the 69 News Traffic Center. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Kutztown, Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley. Hour number one. Talking all things MLB postseason, we talked about the Phillies and the Braves, a common talking point here in hour, hour number one. We've talked about the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, where the Diamondbacks have gone right. But we haven't talked about where the Dodgers have gone wrong. So, the starting pitching all goes back to that for, for the Dodgers. Game one, Clayton Kershaw goes a third of an inning, gives up six runs. Dodgers feeling the pressure with that lineup before they even come up to bat. They're in a, they're in a big-time hole. Game two, Bobby Miller gives up three runs in the first inning of that game. Was only able to go an inning and two-thirds between Kershaw and Miller. Their starting pitchers combined to go two innings in the first two games of the series. Pressure's facing, you know, the, the pressure that lineup's facing to retaliate and get runs back is huge. The Dodgers have got to find a way to offload that on the road and kind of flip the script and do the same thing the Diamondbacks have done to them in games three and four. We'll see how that goes out there for the Dodgers. But this team looked lifeless in the first two games at home. How do they respond? I don't see a way that this team moves on to the LCS round, Mitch. Nope, I'm totally riding with Arizona. Um, yeah, it's it's really an impressive uh, statement, and that's not to bring everything back to Philadelphia. That's what the Phillies couldn't do is stomp on the throat. Good job, Good job, D-backs, and uh, want to move to the AL? Let's do it. Let's move to the AL. Let's talk about the Rangers and the Orioles. Baltimore, desperate in this situation. Oof. They dropped both at Camden Yards, a team that a lot of people were excited about. Going into the postseason, maybe a young, magical team that could go on a run, but the Bruce Bochy veteran manager-led Rangers said, not so fast. 2-0, Series 8 heading back to Globe Life Field. First time the Rangers will host a playoff game at their new stadium. Again, if you're thinking, well... There were playoff games played at Globe Life Field. Yes, there were in the 2020 COVID season. The World Series and the LCSs were played there on the National League side. It was the Braves and Dodgers who played there. And then it was ultimately uh, the Rays and the Dodgers meeting in the World Series where the Dodgers won at Globe Life Field. But now the Rangers will get to christen their home field with a playoff game with a chance to sweep the Orioles tonight to go on to the LCS for the first time since 2011. Impressive. Who's pitching tonight, Jack? Nate Evaldi's pitching for the Rangers. 1-0 with a 1-3-5 ERA in the playoffs. Went 6-2 and thirds uh, down in Tampa in Game 2 of that series, I believe. Uh, but, man, World Series champ with, with Boston in 2018. Evaldi's got so much experience. And Dean Kramer, who I believe is making his postseason debut for Baltimore. I like, I like the Rangers in this one, Mitch. Me too, man. Me too. Um, really an impressive... 
impressive postseason so far after getting ousted from the division lead on the final day, right? Not just the final week, in the final day of the yeah. regular season uh, to the Astros. And they made quick work of the Rays in the wild card round, and they're making quick work of the Orioles. This is a hungry, hungry Texas Rangers team. They got some good young hitters. They got some good pitching, uh, kind of. <laughs> and and we'll see what they can do. But this this other young Orioles team really did not seem like they came ready to play, not up to the task. And that's what you're seeing, a 2-0 series lead heading back to Texas. So anything else on this one, Jack? Um. Yes, I actually have a couple things to touch okay. back on. But real quick, we're going to give you a live scoring update from Target Field in Ooh. Minnesota. Top half of the fifth inning in Game 3. The Astros up 5 to nothing over mm, the Minnesota Twins. This home Twins crowd was so excited to get their team into divisional series uh, after winning a playoff series for the first time in 18 years. Um, but man, not looking like they're getting off to a good start at all. Sonny Gray... Not a good start in the in the excuse me. Why am I going to say the Rangers? The Twins have got to find a way to respond because going down two one with your backs against the wall, never the spot you want to be in. And with Lopez pitching in game two and Sonny Gray pitching game three, you're not going to have either of your top two starters ready to go for this game four. So, Twins in a precarious situation. The Astros doing what they do best uh, by imposing their will and just showing that they are the, still the powerhouse of the American League. Uh, they will not go away until someone proves that they can ultimately beat them. No one silences a crowd like Houston. And uh, Jose Abreu, three-run bomb, capping a four-run first inning. And Alex and... Bregman had a home run. Oh, did he? He did, yes. Shocking. And the Astros look like they're ready to start getting into cruise control here uh, over Minnesota. Well, uh, with that RBI, Bregman had 47 career postseason RBIs. Now is 48. Uh, moves tied to ninth all-time with Reggie Jackson. Uh, with that solo home run today by Alex Bregman. So good for him. These uh, Astros teams, and you're going to see a lot of these guys in these top tens because they make the playoffs every single year. Yep. Yes, uh, they're, they're very experienced. They've got a lot of uh, time in the spotlight under their belt, and they know, how to, they know how to shy away those nerves. And you're seeing it once again, another looking like a deep postseason run for Houston. Okay. Well, we're going to get back and fully into that series in just a minute, uh, but... Looking at the Rangers, Bruce Bochy's pushed all the right buttons. I mentioned him already. I praised him. But I want to look back to game two because he hits Mitch Garver in the three-hole, who hasn't played since October 1st, and he hits a grand slam. Grand slam, man. Grand slam what a in this moment. game, man. Unbelievable. Good for Mitch Garver. But that's love when you know things are Mitch. going right. That's just how you know things are going right for you. Yeah. I love this Texas lineup, though. Corey Seager mashes. Marcus Semien mashes. And then the young guys, Josh Young, who was a – the AO guys. Rookie of the Year, front runner until he got hurt. Now Gunnar Henderson's probably going to win it. But then they call up Evan Carter down the stretch of the regular season, eighth-ranked prospect in all of baseball, and this kid looks like he is a stud. Great, great hit tool. Such a good hitter and such a disciplined hitter at such a young age. I believe he just turned 21 years old, has such a keen eye at the plate. He rarely ever chases outside of the strike zone. This kid looks like he's going to be very, very special for the Rangers, not only for the rest of this postseason, but going forward. I thought Jacob DeGrom was silly for saying he could go down to Texas and win a World Series. <laughs> it might happen in year one. It really might. Um, really, in half a year, he might have it done. After uh, he was... Oh, I'm sorry. No, Verlander was the uh, the trade deadline guy. I'm so sorry. Um, I was thinking of the complete wrong guy, and he went to Houston. Yes. <laughs> How silly did. of me. Chance too for many, Scherzer uh, and Verlander to meet in the LCS. Too many shedded uh, Mets pieces to keep track of. 
So I'm fine with it. Give me some good prospects. <laughs> he got some good prospects out of it, right? The Mets Everybody's... have a good farm system for the first time in my life. Everyone's winning. So, yep. Congratulations, though. Uh, Texas looks for real. It looks like it's going to be a Texas on Texas uh, ALDS or ALCS. I, I'm sorry. Yes. Which I think would be very exciting. So entertaining. Yeah. Two very good squads, one with a lot of experience, one with basically none. And, uh, yeah, man, that would be so cool. An interstate. Like, I'm trying to think of intrastate, I should I can't say. even think of the last time these teams met in the playoffs, if no, they ever those have. teams are, you know, I'm thinking of, like, because California's the, because probably Because the Astros moved over to the AL yeah. in the late 2000s because they were in the World Series in the National League in 2005 when they lost to the White Sox, got swept yeah. in that series. And it's never been, like, Phillies, Pirates or anything. No. Like, there's never been, like, any sort. Probably, like, Dodgers, Pods. That ring a bell? I mean, I know they played in the DS last year. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of like rivalry LCSs. Yeah, I mean, of course you have the classic Yankees Red Sox in the AL in the early 2000s. Yeah, that one, that one jumps out. Two thrilling series between those two teams. You have, hmm. hmm, yeah, there's not many. So good battles between the Red Sox and the and the Astros. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a rivalry at all, but like those two teams have had some good meetings in the LCS. Yep. Look at that 2018 series where the Red Sox shockingly knocked off Houston, I think. But, yeah. That's a good point. So, looking forward to that as it comes toward fruition. Um, any other MLB stuff, Jack? I'm going to look up when did the Astros move to the AL. Oh, okay. Um, because I don't, I, I can't think of it. By uh, the way, what do you think of uh, the... Oh, sorry. 2013 they yeah. moved? Okay. Yeah, I knew it had to be Dang, they've somewhat dominant since moving to the AL. Because one of my, I've, I've told this story on the show before. One of my childhood memories is uh, just seething with rage at these kids. I, I went to Clearwater to watch the Phillies play a spring training game, and it was against the Astros. And these kids across the stadium sounded like a little brother and sister chanting, "Let's go Astros!" And I wanted to run across the field and just deck them. This is how four-year-old me thought, but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. How do you think about the staggering, the NL and AL, not really staggering them, though, because they all played on day one, and then the NL gets an extra day of rest uh, during their series, and it kind of changes pitching matchups. How do you feel about that, Jack? I don't know. Jack hates the entire playoff format. I, I can't say I'm a fan. I, I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy. We'll have that debate. Oh, yeah, the Giants time. and Dodgers have played each other before in the postseason. Good Those point. have always been fun yep. matchups. Great point. So Great just got point. some outside intel on that point. Yeah, so. that one totally. I, for some reason, I thought like San Francisco was in Nevada for a hot second, <laughs> and now I feel really stupid. I think a Las Vegas baseball team would be really, really cool. Just I think not the A's. Yeah, the A's, A's are just A's, so dude. bad, dude. So bad. The owner doesn't. Uh, I, that's a whole different, so whole different tirade. Yeah. So that's a whole other can of worms. All righty. Well. We're going to step aside. Final break of hour number one. Again, if you have thoughts on anything, dial 610-683-4058 to call into the show and give your thoughts on any subject matter. Um, But, yeah, we'll go to our final break of hour number one. We'll be back momentarily here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR's Heavy Hitters. Heavy Hitters, hour number one here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, as always, alongside the wonderful Mitchell Smedley. I don't feel wonderful today. (laughs) Still don't. Nothing's changed. I'm trying to calm down, Ruben. I'm trying. Um, and John telling me I'm a crazy person. But I am not crazy. I am not crazy. You think this is bad? This this chicanery? 
Uh, got a quick note. I got a text. I got some outside information too, Jack. Okay. I got sources. Apparently, uh, before last night, the Braves were 0 for 30 uh, when trailing by four or more in the playoffs. Well, every streak comes to an end. Yep. Just not my sadness. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> oh. Anyways, what? Do you have big news? Or can I give out the number again? TJ Watt. What? Has dislocated his finger. Oh. Not expected to miss time, but may need surgery. Semi-breaking news. Okay. We need a breaking news drop, you know? We need, like, something you can hit on the on the board that just goes, dun, 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 dun. something like that, you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, but. We still do have some breaking news. Oh, we do? Some more breaking news. Hockey has started, folks. Oh. The wonderful sport of hockey has restarted. It's the National Predators and the Tampa Bay Lightning kicking off the regular season of the NHL, almost halfway through the opening frame, down in Tampa. Oh, I'm getting I outside Puck sources. Drop was this early. Getting outside sources that the Lightning are heavily controlling this game. Uh, if you want to tune in, catch on ESPN, or if you have an ESPN Plus membership, you can tune in there as well. If, if you have not. an ESPN membership, what are you doing? I have, I have ESPN Plus. Oh, I watch college basketball in there. Oh, okay. I'm that a huge. I'm a college. I love college basketball. Yeah. So like, I'm a diehard for mid-major conferences stuff, and since they're usually not on national television. If I want to watch it, I usually just use it on ESPN+. Plus. Very Speaking of NHL, though, have you heard about the uh, the Frozen Frenzy yes. thing? October How about 24th. This? It's like an, it's a NHL's edition of Red Zone, for those who might not be familiar. Um, it's going to be coming to ESPN, I believe, October 24th is the expected release date. And the Lightning just scored, actually. They Nikita- score! Yeah, that, that sound of like the Lightning rob when they score still gives me flashbacks because <laughs> of the conference finals. Yeah. When the Islanders lost to the Lightning. Well, Tampa scores. Nikita Kucherov gets the season scoring underway. Uh, I think that was overdue as my cousin, who's a huge hockey huge hockey fan as well as myself, um, watching the game, he, he was texting me that. I was like, man, the Lightning really controlling it right now. But Kucherov scores, and the Lightning have the early lead on the season's opening game. Nice. In the first period. So, you got any hockey thoughts? Any Flyers fans out there would love to hear from you, even though uh, you know we're in a little bit of a rebuild. But we got yeah. Mitchkov coming in the pipe. and uh, Matt Mitchkov, good yeah. pick. Uh, I also like uh, Cutter Gauthier. I think that's another solid prospect. Yeah, Gauthier's coming through, the, uh, coming through the system there. Tell me if you think I'm wrong, Jack. The Mitchkov pick, it reminds me of like the Jalen Carter pick of hockey. You know what I mean? Kind of, yeah. Guy falls a little bit, but the raw talent is there. And we're just seeing because what, seeing just what Jalen from Carter Russia is doing. and the guys yeah. coming over from Russia take a little bit longer. Three years, you know. Just because they're KHL contracts and stuff like that and yeah. hesitancy, you know, just based on organizational direction. Political factors. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So but, uh, a, lot, a lot of different stuff. So it's like off the there. off the ice stuff where Jalen Carter, the concerns were off the field. And we're seeing what he's doing so far this season. Looks like a stud. Uh, we'll get to the we'll get to the football talk in hour number two though. Yes, we will. Rest of the night's game for the NHL: Blackhawks Penguins uh, set for puck drop at eight p.m. Connor Bedard, the uber hyped up number one overall draft pick of this past NHL draft, getting set to make his NHL debut uh, with a Blackhawks team who looks to resurrect themselves from a rough past couple of years and look to yeah. reshape their their franchise uh, back to the successful days when Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze were in their primes and they were winning Stanley Cups like it was nobody's business from 2010 to 2015. I don't want to remember that. The stretch where they won three. Alrighty. And then around out the night, of course, the reigning Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights host the Seattle Kraken in a fun Pacific Division showdown. Uh, that's a 10-30 start late one uh, for all those who may be listening live into heavy hitters. So, Excited that NHL is back, man. My Islanders get set to uh, get their season started on Saturday. I have a long wait for that uh, against the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo opens their season on Thursday night 
Uh, I believe at Madison Square Garden. No, they're home. They host the Rangers, so it's not at Madison Square Garden. Flyers also get their season started Thursday in Columbus. Storyline for that one, we could talk about it a little bit more tomorrow, but they face the former longtime Flyer defenseman Ivan Provorov in that game. Ivan Provorov, Game 7, Saturday. Yep, where they would get shut get crushed. out. Four nothing to a team that can actually hold a four nothing lead in the Islanders. <sighs> take me back. No, don't take me back. All right, 2019 does not need to be revisited. I guess that technically was 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah, but season started. It was in, in the bubble. Yeah. So are you honestly wanna, are you one of those people uh, that think of a, a season by the time it starts or end? Like the 2017. I think of it as like the 1920 season. So, who do you think is the 2017 Super Bowl champion? Ooh. I would say Philly. Philly? Because the it's season not started. Atlanta. Or not, oh, wait, no. They not lost. Uh, no, New England. I Get guess, it. yeah, I guess because the Super Bowl is played in no, 2017. No, I think, I think the Eagles are 2017 Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Because the entire season was played in 2017. That's the one it corresponds to. Isn't it the banner? They're 2017 champions, this it says? I have no idea. I can't see the banner. That's that's, that's a valid <laughs> point. Very valid point. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I, that's how I think of it. We should call up Jason Kelsey. We uh, should. I, actually, he might get get us kicked off the air. <laughs> nah, he's awesome. I gotta ask you a question. If you could like get one person on our show, who would it be? Oh, one person. Like to talk all of the things we talk about. Just like a like a twenty minute spot. Oh, a twenty minute spot. Like just interview him, talk to them. Oh, about. that's tough, man. Um, I think going back and forth with Skip Bayless would be fun. Oh, um, I'm trying to think of what would make like great radio. Like Jason Kelsey would be awesome. Like one of my heroes right there. Uh, Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber. Um, I'm thinking of broadcasters too. You know, I'm thinking of T Mac. I'm thinking of. Uh, I know you don't like Joe Davis, but I love Joe Davis. I feel okay about Joe. You know Davis. who I might bring on? I might do a hockey segment. With Mike Emmerich. Ooh, that would be cool. I've always loved Mike Emmerich. So sad he retired. Oh, if we're if we're talking broadcasters, Gary Thorne, 100%. No. I no. love I no. love Gary Thorne. No. Gus Johnson. That's the answer. That's like personally might not be the answer. Heavy hitters wise, that's the answer. That's totally the answer. Oh, it's gone! You got barbecue back there. And you did he he did a callback to that this weekend. He, um, Denzel, what was his name? What was the Denzel name? Denzel Burke. Burke. Reminds me of a kid named Denzel Ward. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me? I love that. It was so cool. Anyways. Technically, that's, uh, it's 2018. What? The, the Eagles Super Bowl. No, it's 2017. Oh, Dick Vitale, too? Oh, my goodness. A lot of classic broadcasters. Yeah. Anyway. We do have a message from the KOR Notebook first before we get back into it. And speaking of hockey, from the KOR Community Calendar. Come see the matchup of the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Los Angeles Kings on this bus trip happening November 4th to the Wells Fargo Center. Tickets will be $20 and include the game ticket and bus transportation. One ticket per KU student. Departure will be 415 sharp from the MSU. Tickets go on sale online Tuesday, October 10th at 8 a.m. at HTTPS. I don't know why I said that. HTTP. Yeah, it's, it's in front of it. Just go to kutztown.universitytickets.com. Student login required to see the ticket availability. Yeah. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio <laughs> voice of Kutztown University KUR. Once again, that website, kutztown.universitytickets.com. Okay. Nice. College football? Well, we have less than 10 minutes in hour number one. Right. So, Do you want to start college football? We'll start college football. All right. 
Penn State still undefeated. Penn State! Well, they didn't play anything. That's the point. Uh, they'll play UMass this week. Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Before Ohio State. Not the Ohio State. Just Ohio State in a clash of the Titans. Right? I don't have an extra week missing. No, they play UMass, then Ohio State. Yeah, because they'll play while I'm in Florida. Okay, well, let's talk Penn State, actually. Let's do it. Because I think James Franklin had some interesting comments to say. Hmm. Um, Where is it? I don't know, Jack. Where is it? I thought I saw a headline about it. I thought he's been pretty quiet. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought I saw something. I guess I didn't. I was going to be surprised. I'm just, I'm just. Maybe you're blind. I'm out of it. It's okay. Okay. Anyway, it's a weird Tuesday. We're Monday. still talking about Penn State, though. Yeah, man, that's forty-two and a half point favorites. My goodness. Oh my goodness. Five and zero. Oh, the nit, the Nittany Lions. With a chance, I think a legitimate chance to win the Big Ten this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go, Jack. Let's go. I think it's possible. I do too. I really I, feel it. I don't think. I don't care what P.J. Fleck said about Michigan, the head coach of Minnesota, for those who aren't aware, mm. saying this is the best football team he's ever seen in his 11 years of coaching, yada, yada, yada. Okay. We do not care. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't care. Michigan has played nobody. Absolutely nobody. And then they're going to have to play Penn State and Ohio State in two of the last three weeks of the season, and I'm just going to – I just have to be convinced that they're magically going to be able to turn it on and Magical. play against elite-level teams after playing mop-up games for their first nine of the season – uh-uh, no. They're at least losing one of those games. For Penn all you State, Michigan football fans out there, 610-683-4058. Defend your, defend your team. Defend your Wolverines with their weak schedule. <laughs> a joke of a schedule. A joke of a schedule. It is a joke. Absolutely a joke. Anyway, Ohio State, I think I think it's a Penn State-Ohio State battle, honestly, I do. And we'll I think it's going it to come down to that game in Columbus on October 21st, two Saturday, less than two weeks away, a week from this Saturday. In, at the shoe in Columbus, Ohio. It'll be Kyle McCord and the Buckeyes, Drew Aller, and the Nittany Lions. I'll be standing next to or sitting next to my Penn State alumnus brother, Michael, for that game. I could be. What? I, well, I could be sitting next to my brother. Who's oh, also Penn State <laughs> it's <alumnus>. like, what? <laughs> no, I, I should have elaborated on that. <laughs> yeah, I could be. I could be. <laughs> you will not depends, be next to my brother. It depends what are you on do, where. Steal my plane ticket? I'll just climb in your suitcase. <laughs> Free trip to this. Yeah, yeah, because that would work. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't fit under the seat in front of me. Oh, funny. Yeah, anyways. Um, What's that supposed to mean? It means you're large. Vertically speaking. (laughs) We got to move along here. Penn State looks good. We do. Michigan, I'm not so concerned. Moving on. What else you got in college football? Well, Georgia looked like uh, a true number one team last week. As usual. Whooped up Kentucky 51-13. to Carson Beck looked legit. Throwing for almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, one INT. The run game where they didn't have to do a whole, whole lot for the Georgia Bulldogs. And Brock Bowers continues to show why he's not only the best tight end in the country, but maybe the best pass catcher on all of college football and will be a big-time tight end. I think he will be the next big tight end in the NFL. The next Travis Kelsey? Yes. Ooh. So when she dumps Travis, she'll have her next... The next... Her next guy. He will be, like, the next Hall of Fame tight end. I think... I'm, I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Yeah, you are. But I, this kid's so immensely talented. 
He blocks well. He catches passes well. He's so physical. What isn't there to love about Brock Bowers? Could be a three-time national champion if Georgia wins. I'm just not a fan of the name Brock in general. I want a Brock! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's an Islander thing. (laughs) By the way, it is Brocktober. Just so you know. Um, it's Red October. No, actually. it's Brocktober. Brocktober? Yeah. It's October Rocktober for all you Marine and Welch kids out there. Brocktober. It's alive and well. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that is! Why are you kicking me? I don't know. Why are you kicking me? We usually don't sit this close. So For that reason. Anyways, college What do you football. mean for this reason? Uh, because you attack. Anyway, Georgia goes to Vanderbilt this week, 30-plus point favorites. Um, again, Georgia looks like they're going to just coast through the East. Uh, they've rebounded. Michigan, another joke. They get Indiana at home. It's another mop-up game. Ohio State goes to Purdue. Could be an interesting one. Uh, Purdue's not really all that great. Arkansas is better than what their record shows. They've pushed both LSU on the road, and they only lost by a touchdown at Ole Miss. Gave A&M a good run, too. Again, this team who's been hanging around, a 2-4 and four team with that schedule could be going to the Big Ten West and probably win that division. Uh, just saying. And this hypothetical scenario. All right, let's go back to Week 6, though. Keep going through some recaps. Red River rivalry. The Oklahoma Sooners. Brent Venables gets that signature win as head coach of Oklahoma. They take down their rivals. And all that Texas hype, yeah, kind of getting good. flushed right now. That's not good. Again, I'm still high on this team. I think this is still a team that can win the national win a national championship this year. I, but I think Oklahoma's entered that conversation as well. This game proved a lot. I think they were very scrappy defensively, something that I wasn't fully expecting from this bunch. Dylan Gabriel looked really, really good, going for 285 and a touchdown through the air at 113 and a touchdown on the ground. Man, what a game! Exactly what you would expect between these two teams. Last year's blowout in favor of Texas, and not what you would you know is is indicative of this series and this rivalry. And I think it is truly the best rivalry, uh, or at least one of in college football. When these two teams meet on the gridiron, it's always a fun time, always an interesting showdown. And this one had a little bit of everything. If you needed, I think this is one of the games that if you're trying to pitch somebody on college football, I would show them, sit them down, and say, hey. Watch this game and let me know if you're entertained by the end of it because it was just that good of a game. Any any thoughts? I agree. It was uh, it was a good game. I feel stupid for uh, supporting and picking Texas. I mean, I don't feel stupid. Again, I liked Brent Venables in Oklahoma. I just thought Texas looked so good that they they could win that game by a touchdown. Didn't happen to go that way. So, yeah. all right. Well, we. We're going to step aside for an hourly break. When we come back, we will continue to talk about college football and then go into all things NFL here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Man, what an exciting time for sports. MLB playoffs, NFL regular season rolling on, college football. And your phone calls. Yeah, and your phone calls. 610-683-4058. Get on the line now. we got an hourly break coming up. Yeah, and the NHL regular season started. So much to talk about. Uh, We're going to step aside for an hourly break on Heavy Hitters. Oh, welcome into hour number two of my depression. Whoa. 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 Oh. 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 <laughs> For those that don't understand, <laughs> there's a, uh, we have too many references to even count at this point. We do. If there, if you're like, ever like, what are they talking about? It's probably some dumb TikTok that him and I have watched about a thousand times. Turkey sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, this oh. is hour number two of heavy hitters. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim. We're talking all things the college football duo. at the moment. We're talking. We we did talk MLB, NHL, and we will talk uh, NFL in this hour. And your phone calls. We'll get you that number in one second. Uh, before we go any further, I did just want to mention you did, you did hear it at the top of the hour there with our news break, but uh, an absolutely catastrophic situation uh, over in Israel and Gaza in uh, uh, over this weekend. So many, uh, so many deaths, so many injuries, uh, hostages. The the whole uh, situation is just awful, just mind-bogglingly terrible. And uh, our hearts go out to anyone affected by the uh, by the terrible goings on um, over there. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your families as well. So anything else you wanted to say about that, Jack? No, you said it beautifully, my friend. I could not have worded it any better myself. Appreciate it. So anyways, back over here, back to sports on Heavy Hitters. That's what we do here. I do have one thing. Oh, sure. Um, It actually just broke today. But Barry Melrose, who's a longtime uh, NHL analyst on ESPN, uh, was actually diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Uh, and he's stepping away to to focus on wow. on his health. So just thoughts are with to him. Say, yes, our thoughts are with him. Um, and and you know, best of health to to Barry to my goodness, I can't talk to Barry Melrose in these tough times. Yep. Um, let's see. So if you want to get in on the conversation as we're talking college football and NFL, we've pretty much shut down the uh, the Phillies talking. We got some fired up fans all throughout the region today. We do. Uh, me me at the front of that. The sky is falling bandwagon. But uh, if you want to talk no, God, college football, over. NFL, Philadelphia Eagles are still unbeaten. We'll get to them in just a segment or two. Uh, the number, 610-683-4058. 610-683-4058 to reach us here at KUR. would love to have your phone calls. would love to have some conversation with you. Jack, where are we heading next in the college football realm? UCLA. Takes down. I do not see LA. Washington State at home. First time the Cougars went outside of their home, Pullman. Uh, and they lost 25 17. The Bruins, the fighting Chip Kellys on top. They are 4 1 now on the year with their lone loss coming on the road to Utah. Very still much alive uh, in their Pac 12 championship game quest with Chip the eliminations Kelly. of divisions in that conference. Uh, again, I think it's going to take some things to break their way, but it could happen. Uh, I do not like Chip Kelly. Uh, I wonder why. Uh, because he ruined my football team. Where is my <laughs> Where is my football team? Where is my competent football team? <laughs> You're what? <laughs> you wouldn't know talent if it bit you by the football. Um, I don't have a football. If you know, you know. If you another know. one of our references. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Twenty-five seventeen. UCLA wins. True freshman Dante Moore, uh, five-star recruit, came in out of Detroit, Michigan. Ultimately picked the Bruins, I believe, over Michigan State, if I'm correct, or maybe it was Michigan. I think one of the two Michigan schools chose UCLA. He's getting the start. Two hundred ninety yards, one touchdown, two picks. Not his finest game, but Carson Steele, thirty carries, over hundred and forty yards on the ground, and Keegan Jones with a couple touchdowns. For the Bruins in this hard-fought effort, Keegan. that defense came to play. UCLA, very solid defense, holding that high-powered offense uh, led by Cameron Ward uh, for the Cougars to just 17 points. Big win at home for UCLA. LSU downs Mizzou in a fun fight in Columbia. 49-39, the LSU Tigers take down the Mizzou Tigers. First loss of the year for Missouri. It was a late pick six 
uh, for Major Burns that sealed the deal after a Malik Neighbors touchdown the top wideout uh, for LSU put them in front. In fact, two fourth quarter touchdowns for Neighbors. The difference, LSU uh, said, hold your horses, we're not going anywhere yet. Big time road win uh, for Brian Kelly and his bunch down in Baton Rouge. All righty. Got to send my love down to Baton Rouge. Alabama, keeping in the SEC, goes to College Station, takes down Texas A&M 26-20. Big time win for the Tide. Uh, and the sky was falling is supposedly in Tuscaloosa after that tough 10-point home loss to the Longhorns. Uh, M- Mitch, yeah. in quotes, said, Nick Saban is washed. <laughs> he is done. He will retire at season's end. I did say uh, that. <laughs> they are now to the tune of 5-1 and one on the year. They host Arkansas this week. Uh, they will also welcome in Tennessee and LSU in the next couple of weeks. So as much as the sky was falling after Week 2 in Alabama, their SEC title game hopes very much alive at this point of the year. Jalen Milrow starting to settle into his own. Again, this isn't the most high-powered Alabama offense we've seen, but he threw for 321 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception in this game. Um, so, again, starting to look better, starting to grow, and has established himself as the clear QB1 uh, for this Alabama offense over Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer. All righty. Do you Jermaine think I'll Burton. ever learn how to not overreact, Jack? No, probably not. It okay. just seems like it's in your DNA, but it's okay. We all have our flaws. Yeah, yeah, just as much as my blindness. Oh, my. <laughs> you did not. That was so depressing. It's a joke. I know. <laughs> I'm still sad now. <laughs> no, oh, it's, it's okay, okay no, buddy. I'm kidding. It's, it's okay. okay. little Jermaine squeeze Burton, in the arm, you'll be okay. The Georgia wide receiver transfer. Nine catches, 197 yards, and two touchdowns in this game. How about that? I had him in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I know. Big I'm time. hilarious. Big time game for him. Alabama. Five and one with the win. North Carolina looks as legit as they ever have under Mac Brown uh, since his return to Chapel Hill. They are now five and zero, a forty to seven beatdown at home against Syracuse last week. Uh, this offense with Phil Longo moving out, and I believe Chip Lindsey, their new offensive coordinator, uh, is coming in. This team has paid dividends uh, from his entrance into the program. Drake May, 442 yards, three touchdowns, 33 of 47 passing. One of the best quarterbacks, not in just the ACC, but in all of college football, uh, continuing to show why he will eventually be a top pick in the NFL draft. Not the number one pick, but I think one of the top picks. Yeah, very good player there. So That's all I got. <laughs> oh, by the way, Tez Walker, big story. Uh, was denied his uh, eligibility um, because of the double transfer thing yeah. with that new implementation. So he was not allowed to play. Uh, but I believe a lawsuit came to the NCAA from, I don't know if it was the state of North Carolina. I forget how that whole thing broke down. Broke down. But Tez Walker got his grant. Uh, he is good to play. Made his debut, I believe, his debut on Saturday. Six catches for 43 yards for him. Uh, so good to see him on the field. Hopefully, uh, Daryl Jackson of Florida State is next up uh, in that admission list there. I mean, the why he was denied in the first place, foolish, but it's whatever. Anyway, let's go on down to Miami. Oh, man, what a fun time to be a Florida State fan and look at what Miami just did last Saturday. Let me set the scene. Under a minute to go, 20-17, Miami has the lead over Georgia Tech. This was hilarious. It is actually 37 seconds and counting. Third down, Miami can just take a simple kneel down and end the game, right? Wrong. 
They hand the football off. They fumble the football. Georgia Tech proceeds to recover the football. They go four plays, 74 yards, and on a huge play on a third down to end the game with one second left was a back-breaking touchdown, 44 yards from Haynes King to Christian Leary. The Yellow Jackets roll and get a win in upset fashion over Mario Cristobal and the pathetic Miami Hurricanes. Oh, man. If I ever need a good laugh, I go back and look at that video. So, so funny as I'm repping my Florida State sweatshirt today. Look big time you. win over Virginia Tech over the weekend. Not really, I mean, I say big time. Like Virginia Tech's actually good. They're not, but a good good win for Florida State. They looked good in it. 39-17 uh, to 17, the final. In that How do you one. get 39 points? I didn't watch the game. We were up at Bloomsburg doing KU. We were, which was by the awesome, way, by the way. Go Golden Bears. 3-0 in Eastern Division play. 24-3, the Golden Bears took down the Huskies. They will host Shippensburg this upcoming Saturday. Yeah. Make sure to come out to Andre Root Stadium and A support doing your Golden Bears. You, Absolutely. We will be on the call live here on KUR. Probably going to get soaked again. Noon, yeah. It's My shoes were waterlogged. Forecasted to be a washout. Um, here in Kutztown on Saturday. So rough playing conditions for the Golden Bears, but they look to go to 4-0 in Eastern Division play uh, and 5-2 and on the year as the quest to appear in the PSAC title game rolls on for these Golden Bears. But you just got to take it one week at a time. Can't take your foot off the gas. Um, and don't sleep on anybody because anyone can uh, catch you by surprise when you're the top dog. You're always the one being hunted. And you can fall to anyone, as is his college football, the sport that just simply breeds chaos. Anyway, let's get back Less into Less than it. any other sport. I don't know, man. I just feel like, I mean, look, all sports have their chaotic moments. But yeah. I feel like college football just happens so much. Do you? Every week, something just chaotic happens. Whether it's what Miami did, whether it's like a top team going down, or a play that would happen to Miami, that's just chaos. I think. absolute chaos. When you have over 100 teams... Sure, there's a higher likelihood of chaotic moments compared to the 32 NFL teams. I think pound for pound, NFL is probably more chaotic, though. It's it's definitely tighter. You're not seeing 50-point games on a constant basis in the NFL. Unless you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? We'll talk about that uh, coming up here on hour number two. But, uh, but before we do, we have a message from the KUR Notebook. Yes, the KUR Notebook. All right. Everyone's favorite. From the KUR Community Calendar, Make and Take Diamond Art Painting is happening October 17th at 11 a.m. at the MSU Room 218. Try your hand at Diamond Art Painting. Choose among many designs. There will be mandala, pumpkin, and gnome designs to choose from at this relaxing and fun Make and Take. You you don't want to miss this awesome event. This message brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Hour number two of heavy hitters rolling on, talking all things college football. We've gone through the top teams. We've talked about the chaotic loss that the Miami Hurricanes suffered this past weekend. Wyoming went down to be, excuse me, went down. They hosted Fresno State with the high altitude stadium there. In fact, I think it is the highest altitude stadium in all of college football. I believe over 7,000 feet in altitude there. Sky high. Sky high Wyoming. <laughs> the Cowboys. That's why they call it the big sky. The Cowboys certainly. Oh, wait, that's uh, Montana. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, talking about sky high, Wyoming is certainly feeling that right now as they are 5-1 and one on the year. Some big-time wins over Texas Tech and Wyoming. Uh, the Cowboys, their lone loss coming to the Texas Longhorns, by the way, certainly one of the top teams in all of the Mountain West. A fun conference this year. Fresno State, UNLV, Wyoming, and Air Force, all very, very competitive. Uh, and I think one of those four teams could vie for a New Year's Six game. I, I think you're absolutely correct. Tight play. That's what I like. Okay. 
USC, not going to win the Pac-12. I don't care that they won won this weekend. 43-41 in triple overtime at home against Arizona. Not exactly getting it done. No. No, it is not. Not convinced by the Trojans. I think that defense is very, very subpar. I think Oregon and Washington can both expose them. I think one of those two teams, by the way, they will meet this weekend. We'll preview that tomorrow. Uh, we'll yep. go to and win the Pac-12. Said what I said. I said Oregon at the start of the season. I'm going to stick with that right now. Good. Ducks are like the best that. team in the Pac-12. I like you sticking to your guns. Alrighty. One more. Louisville. Sorry, Dad. Uh, Notre Dame falls 33-20 to uh, Louisville. This past weekend, Jeff Brom returns to his alma mater and is doing great things in year one as the Cardinals are 6-0. and Jack Plummer, the transfer QB, came from Cal. And man, oh man. Well, it was actually for, with Purdue for a while. Transferred to Cal for one year. And now with Louisville. Doing great things there. Jawar Jordan, 143 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Jamari Thrash, the Georgia State transfer. Really, really impactful there in this uh, Louisville offense. What a job Jeff Brom has done. Cardinals 6-0. and A legitimate chance uh, to go to or push for an ACC title game spot along with Florida State and UNC. All right, that is going to do it for college football discussion here on Heavy Hitters. Hour number two. Mitch, shall we move over? to the NFL. By the way, it's important to note this time, if you have anything to talk about, whether it's college or we're going to get to NFL, call 610-683-4058. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, take it over to NFL. Want to talk about, we'll just breeze through a couple games and then we'll get into some on the other side. Yeah. We can breeze through our Thursday night game. Boring. Oh, uh, what? I'm sorry. I just thought about the Thursday night game and put me to sleep. Yeah, the Um, Bears, though, they got their first win of the season. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. First win in almost a year. Chicago rejoice. This was your Super Bowl. Yep. Man, it's embarrassing. It's so sad. No, it's not sad, though. DJ Moore and oh, uh, Justin man. Fields. Justin Fields and DJ Moore in this game were not sad. I played they against were Fields. very happy. Not good. Had DJ Moore won my fantasy week, went to 1-4 and four in this league because of it. Oh, I'm so happy for you. DJ Moore. 230 yards, three touchdowns in this game. Yeah, the Commanders just don't have a defense, so... Yeah, it doesn't exist, It it, Yeah. Swiss cheese. Might as well run out 11 silhouettes on the field, because they don't do anything. I don't think silhouettes can run. They can't, but I kind of liked how that sounded anyway. I I do like that. Like, like, see, that sounded good, but it made absolutely no sense. Yeah, but, like, we all know what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) That's good, man. Thank you. Thank you. That's really I thought you were really going to roast me for that. No, I would never... (laughs) Sure. I would never, unlike you. Oh, my. Unlike you. Don't play the victim. All day. It's oh been my. all day. Really? A siege. Really? I have siege. not grilled you all day. Oh, yes, you have. No, not all day. Like twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going after Josh a lot more. Oh, man. <laughs> Just how after me and Josh get done complaining about how awful we feel, about how we both cried over the Phillies. I didn't really. Uh, I was. I was almost. I was like, I had face in pillow today. But um, never really cried. Apparently, Josh balled his eyes out for two, for two hours. hours. <laughs> Josh, Josh, if you're still listening. Like a little. 610-683-4058. Defend yourself. But I feel your pain, man. And just after Josh got done uh, talking about that, Jack goes, all right, Josh, let's switch the topic. How about them cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> and I, in a rare moment, stood up for Josh. And I would like to make that known that I have a humane side to me. 
Uh, that was cruel. That was cruel what you did there. Really? Yeah. I don't think we'll so. We'll get into the Cowboys and much more on the other side of our first break of hour number two. It's Heavy Hitters. It's Mitch and Jack. And it's you at 610-683-4058 on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR yes, Kutztown. Jack on Mitchell Smedley. And you. 610 Prime listener. And now you, guy off the street, <laughs> will Can learn. talk on heavy hitters by <laughs> dialing 610-683-4058. This is fun. I love giving out the phone number. Yes. I feel so like a big I. boy radio station. Yeah. No longer are we just chatting between us. Yeah. It's, it's an open discussion now. We can get now. our valued listeners' input. Yes. And we do appreciate the phone calls we, Absolutely. we've received so far. Three today. Three and counting. We'll get some more. Could you make it four? Don't be uncomfortable. We don't bite. We don't. We love to chit-chat. Shoot the breeze, if you will. Anyways, we got to talk NFL. We talked Thursday night. Let's move into some Sunday morning action between the Bills and Jaguars. And Flap and Flotsam. <laughs> Flap and Flotsam. What's that? Did the Jaguars just awaken and beat the Buffalo Bills? Beat the Buffalo Bills. I like how that sounds. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Down, or I guess, over in uh, London. Across the pond. Yeah, they beat the Bills, mate. Um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> Josh Allen's not going to get his tea and crimpets, Governor. Well, actually, Josh Allen did. No. Jaguars, Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he got some. See, Josh Allen was guaranteed to win this game one way or another. Exactly. Uh, Travis Etienne, he had a big day for me. Uh, did he have two touchdowns or just one? I think it was just one. Two. Two. I thought it was two. Um, and, yeah, Trevor Lawrence powered this offense enough. The defense was the, the real story here for the Jags. Jack, what did you see in London? I saw that I played the wrong quarterback in fantasy football by benching oh. Trevor Lawrence and starting C.J. Stroud. Anyway, not going to talk Bumber. about that. Still won the game. That's all I'm going to say. Still won the fantasy game. But Trevor Lawrence looked good. First time the Jaguars offense actually looked like a competent offense. Unreal. Uh, Calvin Ridley, back on the map. Seven catches, 122 yards. Christian Kirk continues to be a reliable target in this offense, going six for 78. Really love how this offense looked. Um, Buffalo's offense looked out of whack. Stephon Diggs spiked an iPad on the sideline. Um, someone actually dubbed over what... Diggs was doing on the sideline with the crying baby sound, and I laughed very hard at that video. Anyway, um, why are you throwing Diggs at Diggs? I don't know, man. Mm. Just kind of, kind of complaining a lot. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we can speed through a lot of these one o'clock games yeah. uh, as we move on through this slate. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Jags? No, Bills? not really. Really a good win for the Jags. Something they could build off. Dougie P getting that squad going. What's their record now? Three, Three and, two. and two. Nice. Nice. In a weak division, that should play well. How about Doug Peterson and Shane Steichen in the same division? Both doing well. Want to move to the Colts? Let's do it. Let's move to the Colts. By the way, I just realized you don't have your headphones on. Yeah, I know. In case I got to move. No, yeah, I know. know (laughs) In case I got to answer someone who dials 610-683-4058. Sounds like a college football score, 40 to 58. Okay, uh, let's move to these 1 p.m. games. Yeah. Giants-Dolphins. Daniel Jones Oof. left with a neck injury. Rough. Giants Rough continues to look terrible. 
Um, Giants are not a good football team, and I'm all here for it. Yeah, no. Remember when I said this team was going back to the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, I think playoffs. I, I think I must have been looking at last year. Playoffs. Because uh, this team won't sniff the playoffs this year. Right now, sixth pick in the draft. Ooh. Again? So. Yeah. I feel like, ooh, I got that. We do have a caller. Yes, we do. 31-16, Dolphins beat the Giants here in Miami. Dolphins 4-1, Devon Achan. Big time game. He's actually going to miss a couple weeks over the knee injury. That's some big breaking news there. I'm not sure if he's going to have to go on injured reserve or not. Uh, but a 76 yard touchdown scamper in this game. Tyree killed 69 yard touchdown in the start of the third quarter. Um, but we are now going to talk to our next caller. Yes, sir. May I present Ryan from New Jersey? Ryan, what you got hey, for us? Said, uh, said you had a question. Quick fantasy question for you guys today. So. When one of my leagues, someone dropped uh, A.J. Dillon, and I'm just curious if I should pick him up this week. That's a great question, and it's actually something I have inside information on. Because my buddy um, that throws sandwiches at stop signs when the Ravens lose, he also dropped A.J. Dillon out of pure rage. Oh, I dropped A.J. Dillon, too. Yeah. I picked up A.J. Dillon. I am a believer in uh, the Packers being one of those teams that figure things out as they go along throughout the season. Offensive numbers uh, turning up, and I also think this Aaron Jones thing is going to linger. And I, I think even if Jones were there, AJ Dillon would be a feasible option. Uh, the other problem is I also have very terrible running back situation after the Chubb injury, so he's out for the year. I've been trying to patchwork that, and I actually, uh, if you want to know my my true pain, Ryan in New Jersey, I actually benched Zach Moss this week in favor of get ready for it, Cam Akers. So that was not fun. But uh, I, I did pick up A.J. Dillon. I believe that there is some value there. Uh, it may be a thing where you're relying on that touchdown each week, but I think there if you don't have any better options, uh, A.J. Dillon could have some value for you. Jack? Yeah, I think A.J. Dillon's a last-ditch option here for you, Ryan. Uh, if I'm looking at it here, I had A.J. Dillon. I dropped him. Very, very frustrated because in the weeks when Aaron Jones was out prior to this game against the Raiders, and I think it's very indicative that he uh, played well against a Raiders defense that isn't too stout. Uh, but in other games, when Dylan got the forefront of the carries, he really was inefficient at all. You know, all stops here. So, again, unlike Mitch, I am not going to buy into the AJ Dylan hype train. Uh, if you, you know, if you're in desperate need of a running back, then go out, pick him up, um, and play him if you must. But I'm not going to rush out and and get AJ yep. Dylan and rely on him week in week in and week out. Yep, the name value is there, and he can have weeks like this where he does well. Uh, it might be a streaming thing where you know it's week to week. If he's against a favorable defense, throw him in there. Um, otherwise, probably some better options out there. That answer your question, Ryan? Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Enjoy New Jersey, if that's possible. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, have a good one, Ryan. Take care. <laughs> All right. There he is, Ryan from New Jersey, with a fantasy football question. Yes, sir. We both play fantasy at a couple leagues. So if you have any fantasy football questions. Yeah, you have fantasy football advice, call into Heavy Hitters. We'll help you out. Yes, of our we will. own personal opinions. Again, I'm I'm biased because I was an AJ Dillon owner. Um, so bad bad past starts for Dillon, man. Ugh, yeah, unbelievable. And I'm, uh, I'm optimistic because I am now an AJ Dillon owner. So unbelievable. But I think in both leagues, actually, um, Fooey. I now hold him in both leagues. But Jack, you know, he's he's really one to ask. He's holding the top spot in our KUR league. I am five and zero. I just got handed by first undefeated loss to the wonderful Linda. She beat me this week. Uh, she doesn't even check her team, and I lost, so that's okay. 
moving right along. <laughs> that league is kind of broken a little bit. It's uh, yeah. There's some people that really know what they're doing, and then there's uh, some novices to fantasy. Football. People drafting receivers we've never even heard of <laughs> in the sixth from round. the Carolina Panthers practice squad in the sixth Darnell round. Wright? Uh, I think it was like Derek Wright. Derek Wright. Yes. Derek Wright. Derek Wright. We should get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be funny. Anyway, so we talked uh, talked Giants, Dolphins. Giants are hopeless. Dolphins, another good win. All right. Colts, Titans, AFC South showdown. 23-16. Indianapolis gets the win at home. Anthony Richards started this game. He left this game injured. Uh, he is dealing with uh, a shoulder injury. AC joint sprain will miss some time per Adam Schefter. That was reported yesterday. So Gardner Minshew, the quarterback going forward for Indianapolis, again, has some familiarity with Shane Steichen based on the time they both spent together with the Eagles last Not year. Some good familiarity. 11 for 14 in this game in Minshew, for Minshew in relief. 155 yards, no touchdowns. By the way, Jonathan Taylor might be back, but Zach Moss is still that guy. <laughs> yes, he 165 is. yards and two touchdowns. Zach Moss was a... a hapless running back with the Bills. But ever since coming to the Colts, I don't know what's happened. I guess he's finally healthy, but he's making, you know, putting the league on notice. Yeah, making sure I never bench him again. So that was that was a slap in the face. Benched him uh, for Cam Akers. I can't repeat enough. For Cam Akers. Humiliating. By the way, uh, Josh Downs, rookie out of North Carolina. Yeah, Very familiar with him. He's having a good season. Good game for him. Six catches, 97 yards. Okay. Yards? Yeah, yards. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Moving 97 on. yards. Anyway, let's move on here. Let's go to the Steel City. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the AFC North leading. Oh, my goodness. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So I'm in a group chat Still with have a, terrible a, a Steelers fan and a Ravens fan. So as I was waiting for the Eagles to come on, <laughs> this was highly entertaining. Very entertaining time. Oh, uh, I could imagine. A series of Baltimore miscues uh, of Steelers defensive and special teams plays. And the Pittsburgh Steelers come from behind. They were able to defeat the Baltimore Ravens, as Jack said, putting them atop the AFC North. And this game really had uh, all sorts of all sorts of moments, especially right at the end. It was 10-3 for a long, long time. Balt, uh, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, uh, he was prone to making some mistakes in this game. And the defense for the Steelers stepping up whenever asked. And uh, Kenny Pickett with a 40-yard strike to George Pickens uh, to seal the win. That was the winning score. What a final drive from the young kid, Kenny Pickett. See what he can do a little bit. I've, I've always been a doubter in him. Who do we got on the line, Jack? My mic's off. Yeah, Let's introduce... Help. Our next caller, Abby from Kutztown, who wants to talk about some fantasy football. Abby, what do you got on the docket for us today, fantasy-wise? I have two things. The first one I would like to clarify, that the right choice was because of a bad source that gave me bad information about fantasy football. Oh! Oh! Okay. And who was that source? (laughs) Let's put him on blast. James. Oh! Oh. President James. what the best pick was. And he told me that, and that was like my fourth pick. I think we should revisit the text on it, history I on that. <laughs> Abby, I, I, I'm just like, it's not out of the question that James would try and give you like bad advice, but I feel like that bad advice would at least be someone on the board uh, to like that people have heard. Of. Like, I don't know how he heard of this guy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Is I he knew like who that a was. like a high school friend or something? <laughs> like, how did James know about Derek Wright? I think there needs to be an investigation. Can we get true crime on this? Can we get true true crime on this? So he's investigating himself? Yeah. I think that, that he needs some self-reflection. 
You said you had another question. What was it? I have a question on who I should play for fantasy this week for receiver. Okay. Jaylene Hurts. Not Jaylene. Okay. So my two choices, because I have two players who are on bye week this week. Okay. That's tough. My choices are Zay Jones, which is questionable. Awful. Or Marvin Mims. Ooh. Okay, so Zay Jones or Marvin Mims. Yeah. Let's take a look at who they play. So the Jaguars will play the Colts. Okay. Very favorable matchup, I think, with the defense that Indianapolis possesses. Meanwhile, the Denver Broncos will be playing... Ooh, who do they play? Let me see here. Denver... As I'm thinking about Thursday it right night now. against oh, the Chiefs. I would lean Zay Jones. I would lean Zay Jones, matchup. even regardless of matchups. Both are yeah. capable of sinking your team, let's be honest. But... Uh, Zay Jones has big playability. This Jacksonville offense has much more life to it than the Denver one. Uh, and I think there's just more passing yardage and targets to go around with uh, – what's his name? What's the quarterback? Why can't I think of it? Russell Wilson? No, no, the Jacksonville one. Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence, thank you, rather than uh, Russell Wilson. So I would go Zay Jones. I had Zay Jones earlier in the year. Put up a zero for me. I was very upset. But I would go Zay Jones, Abby. In Kutztown. Thank you so much. No yes. problem. And thanks for listening to Heavy Hitters, Abby. We do appreciate it. As we appreciate all of Thank you for putting our... on a great show. Thank you. We, yes. We, thank, thank you very much. You're so kind. Anyways, there she is, Abby in Kutztown. Another great call. Some fantasy football advice. Look at us being philanthropic, Jack. Yes. All right. Okay. Next matchup. NFL. Any uh, final thoughts on the Steelers? Talked oh. about the Pickens play. Final thoughts on the Steelers. George Pickens. By the way, Matt Cannon looked very upset after that play. Because <laughs> it wasn't what he called. It wasn't his play. <laughs> Kenny Pickett checked out of it probably and just you know, realized zero blitz was coming. One-on-one down the sideline. And George Pickens cooked sideline. Marlon Humphrey. Touchdown! Unbelievable! Yeah. So, George Pickens, big game for him. Steelers get the big-time win. By the way, I don't know if any players like Matt Canada. I don't know if any people like Matt Canada. Certainly no Steelers fans yeah. do. <laughs> I've, I've heard an earful about him. So, yeah, the so, Steelers. Him and Gunnar Olszewski should get the heck out of Pittsburgh. They steal one after hanging in there for most of the game. They steal one at the end over Baltimore. All right, let's go up to Foxborough where things are going very, very bad. Very poorly. The Saints shut out the Patriots 34 to nothing. Second largest margin of loss for um, Bill Belichick. Second only to last week when he lost by 35. Yes. To the Cowboys. One and four. Belichick should resign as GM. I agree with that statement. Is that what I said? Belichick should resign as GM and the... uh, Should resign as GM. Should stay coaching, though, is what what my greater point was. Should stay coaching New England, I think, for the rest of this year. If he's not okay with being removed from the GM position, then it should altogether be his last last year with the team and and move on. What are your thoughts on that, Mitch? Belichick Um, should stay the coach, but be removed from GM. If he's not okay with that, uh, he's out of New England. Yeah, I I think it's outrageous to think that you can just monopolize – and micromanage everything when it's not going well. I think that man has an ego the size of Texas, which for good reason. You win that many Super Bowls, you're gonna be you're gonna be good at your job. You're gonna be good at what you do, and you're gonna think you're good at what you do. Uh, but yeah, I think personnel not his forte. I think he's best as a coach, getting the most out of the assets he has. Focus on that. 
Uh, that's what I would say uh, to Bill Belichick. But on the other side, the Saints looked fantastic. A 34-point margin of victory. And in an NFC South that is not particularly strong this year, that is going to go a long way. So very proud of the Saints this week. Any Anytime you get a shutout in the NFL, that's huge. It's hard to allow zero points throughout 60 minutes of National Football League play. And Jack, I believe we have another caller on the line. We do. We have Steve from Massachusetts wanting to talk about the Patriots. Oh, boy. Steve, how you doing there? Hello? Hey, how you doing, Steve? Steve, can you hear us? You're on a delay there. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm good. We're doing all right. How you doing? Good. I'm good. Hey, I want to talk about the Patriots. Obviously, it's been a few couple of rough weeks, all right? What do I do in fantasy with Ramondre Stevenson? Well, what I would say with Ramondre Stevenson, see, yeah, it has been a rough couple of weeks there for you in, in New England. But what I would do with Ramondre Stevenson, I think he's a good player, uh, but I think using that name value, you can get some some trades going. Jack, how do you feel about Ramondre? Look, um, we're having some trouble with Steve there, but Ramondre, yep. oh, man, tough for fantasy. Uh you know, it's it's tough to play him on a week in, week out basis just because of how bad this New England offense is. It's uh rough going for, for Mac, a couple of interceptions, and he's getting his carries dropped every single week. I mean, Zeke Elliott is getting a growing role in this offense. So if I'm a Ramondre Stevens Stephen fantasy owner, I'm really stuck here because you can't trade him, doesn't have a whole lot of value, and uh I don't see this New England offense turning a corner anytime soon. I think it's going to be really, really rough here for New England. Uh, this defense is banged up, especially in the secondary. Uh, and this offense just looks flat-out putrid, yeah. um, both rushing and throwing the football. So I don't really see a remedy for this anytime soon. If you got some lesser uh, attentive players in your league, sometimes you can use name value like guys like Ramondre Stevens, even A.J. Dillon a little bit. Uh, it was another caller's question. Sometimes you can use that that name value that people have heard over the last couple of years. Um, to to kind of influence a trade, you're probably gonna have to put him with someone that has gotten a little bit of value this year. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna trade, um, but yeah, I mean it's tough to be a, a Patriot fan right now, which kind of deserved. You had a good run there for 20 years, so I think you'll be okay down here for a few. Um, congratulations on all your on all your success up there, though. Uh, certainly hard to do. And we have another caller on the line. I'll we grab do. that, Jack. Yeah, take us to another it, matchup. Um, let Let's move on here, and let's talk. Uh, let's talk about talks all about the Saints and the Patriots. Let's talk about Texans Falcons here. Twenty one nineteen, the Falcons win it. Big time win. Desmond Ritter actually looked good in this game. So surprising to me. Twenty eight for thirty seven, three hundred twenty nine yards, one touchdown. Was one of the top leaders passing. Uh, you know. In the league? And I can't believe it. I mean, we have roasted Desmond Ritter on this show for so long. Uh, and all of a sudden, this guy actually looks like he's a good quarterback. Yep. And now let's take it from our next caller here. Shock of the century, Desmond Ritter, by the way. But we got Mike in New York. Mike, how you doing there? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, man. You said you want to talk Patriots. Yes. Uh, I did want to kind of bounce off of what uh, what Steve's, I believe his uh, name was, Steve asked about Ramondre. Yep. So I have a 16-owner fantasy league, Ooh. and running backs are sharp. Um, you don't really come by a lot of them. You know, you could r- kind of run that name value as you guys were just talking about. 
what kind of value do you think uh, you could maybe give, uh, you know, a Steve who's maybe like a Patriots fan, knows the name Ramondre Stevenson, doesn't know a lot about fantasy. What kind of value do you think I can get out of him right now? Jack, you first. What kind of value can you get over Madre Stevenson, man? Tough question. I mean, again, I, I was just talking about how this guy doesn't really have a whole lot of value. I mean, if you, you're not going to yeah. get a lot from him in return just because you're looking at this New England offense. What upside do they have here? Uh, you know, they, they offense can't stay on the field consistently. It feels like they're going three and out every time they get the football. Mac Jones will make a couple good throws together, and then he'll throw a mind-bogglingly bad interception. Ramondre Stevenson's workload's being cut week after week after week. It seems like Zeke Elliott's getting a growing role in this offense. Um, if I want to talk about getting the value of a Ramondre Stevenson, what what can I put out there to a guy possibly like Steve who we had on? I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's just there's no, I think, positive outlook for him right now. There's no upside. The volume's being cut. On a fantasy outlook purposes, I think this guy is trending down, and that's going to be that way the rest of the season in my mind. Yeah, um... I think that it's a long season. There's still time for it to turn around, but I'm starting to have him on my cut radar. But what what you could do, try and I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm cutting the guy, but not not. I'm saying he's getting down around that point where if it continues at this at this rate, uh, if Ezekiel Elliott does become the dominant force, but um, you know, I, I'd look toward a running back with a a, a backfield with a little bit more upside. Um, I think the Baltimore backfield is is something to target there. Uh, I think there's a couple others around the league. Something. Similar to Ramondre, where it's it also not a lot of value, but if you feel there's more upside somewhere, because right now Ramondre, the thing he lacks for fantasy owners is hope and upside uh, with his with his carries dwindling here in this stagnant offense. So look for another low value running back that you think has an opportunity to break out. Uh, Agreed. Rather than a Ramondre that seems kind of stuck. Um, Jack, any final thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good analysis. Try to find a guy who maybe is slumping but could possibly resurge just as having some tough luck or whatever the other factors in in a situation yep. may be. But rest of season, AJ Dillon or Ramondre Stevenson? Ugh, I'm taking Ramondre just because AJ Dillon's the backup. I don't think Aaron Jones is going to be out the whole season. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I mean, at this rate, Ramondre could become the the backup, so to speak. Could I? I think he will. I think they'll split okay. carries. All right, and in a perfect world for New England's. Offense philosophy. Any other questions? Any thoughts, Mike? No. Uh, just putting the word out there. My fantasy team's uh, going to go undefeated if I have any, uh, you know, fellow league members listening. <laughs> we appreciate that, Mike, in New York. Yeah. Um, the problem, I think it's an overarching problem with the NFL right now, Jack. That uh, and it's not necessarily a problem. It's just how the game's being played, and it leaks over into fantasy. Not a lot teams of workhorse backs. Yeah, teams are not sticking with one running back anymore. Very rare that you see a McCaffrey or an Eckler when he's healthy. Um, Come back week six, baby. Yeah. Austin Eckler owners represent. But uh, it's very rare that you see that, and now you kind of have to play any meeny, miny, mo with a lot of these backfields of <laughs> who it's going to be each week and, and each season, and, and it, it's just so complicated. I'm starting – like, I love watching running backs. I love drafting running backs because you get the, the ground yards plus the passing game. Yeah. That's always – like, when I've, since I've started fantasy, it's been my strategy. I'm now – next season – Probably going zero RB. I'll just figure that out. Let me get some good receivers in the house first. Agreed. All right, we got to go to our final break of the show. When we come back, we will continue to talk about all things NFL here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K, where it cuts down. This may be the worst music I've ever heard for an intense sports talk show like ours. Heavy Hitters. That's that winding music is, you down to the end of the show. That music is not heavy hitting. Well, that does not hit heavily. But you know, it does hit heavily. John from Long Island is on the phone, and he wants to talk about a questionable fantasy football trade. John A., how we doing? How we doing, gentlemen? How we doing? Pretty You're good. You're doing good. 
I was listening to uh, the program and I heard, you know, these, these Ramondre Stevenson's talks and it got me. I just had to let you guys know about this trade. Uh, went through in my league, kind of get your thoughts about it. Um, one, the one team they traded Nico Collins, uh, Mark Andrews, and Isaiah Pacheco for Tony Pollard, Travis Kelsey, and Jackson Smith and Jake. But I just want to get your thoughts. Oh. When I saw that across my screen, I was like, oh my gosh. It was, it was the craziest trade I've ever seen. I, was, I just don't know what they were thinking, and the commissioner was obviously one of the parties. Oh, oh always, always it's throws rigged. a hair and hair and things Ooh. here, man. When I think John's involved. a little bit salty. John went from winning by a lot to losing a tight race. I think here <laughs> after this trade. <laughs> so, definitely, definitely. Yeah, Collins, Andrews, and Pacheco going one way. Yeah, and you got was, worse, worse, and worse and on was, one side. Kelsey, and Jackson, Jackson, the better and better, better. Jigba, and what was the other pieces? Pollard. Kelsey and Jigba. Oh, oh yeah. So you're getting oh two first round picks. Two yeah, first round two picks first and a decent receiver. Yeah, for for Nico Collins. For pennies on the dollar here, Jack. Mark Andrews is a at best a second round pick. Do we have a Very Ravens fan in the house that yeah. traded for I that? Mean, <laughs> you know, Pacheco's going to go crazy these next couple weeks because they play Denver and the Denver defense couldn't stop uh, couldn't stop Penn State. But like, unreal, man. <sighs> Bad, bad trade. That's a terrible trade. Seems like uh, seems like some funny business going on in this league. I know. The commissioner was obviously on the better side of that trade. Name might have been Mike. Oh. From okay. New York. Might have been Mike from New York. Might have been oh, Mike. Oh, man. Yeah. Funny business out of the Mike camp. Oh, okay. Mike, Mike is uh, getting himself in some hot water. Well, here. Mike, the phone line is taken right now, but once John from Long Island hangs up, 610-683-4058. You can rebuttal <laughs> and, uh, me, and stick up for yourself. Yes, John, thank Thanks, you for John. coming Appreciate on. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Take care. All right. We got some NFL games to run through here. We uh, do. Let's quickly run through Yeah, let's go through quickly. The lines are... The phone's ringing off the hook. Here, yes, Mitch. it is. We can't control it. <laughs> we can't. It is. It is unbelievable. Gonna have to make it a three-hour show. Honestly, we, we <laughs> might have to explore doing that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's see here. Panthers Lions forty-two twenty-four. Jared Boring. Goff in this offense look good. David Montgomery is the lead back with Jameer Gibbs out. Sam Laporta with Amon Rossi Brown out took over as the top weapon. Unreal. By the Lions way, are good. They're four and one. Panthers still winless. Josh from Kutztown. Uh, thought that Sam Laporta on his bench was still rounding up the points. <laughs> fantasy team. Someone doesn't know how fantasy works. <laughs> not not uh, intelligent on the fantasy realm, unlike our last couple callers. Yeah, yeah, they seem to know what they're doing. So, so does that commissioner. Yeah, so does that commissioner getting yeah, that right. trade. Are you kidding me? Yeah, anyways. Are you kidding me? Next game. All righty, next game. Moving on to the 4 p.m. slate here. Nice. Let's talk about Bengals Cardinals 34-20. Burrow finally looked like himself. Jamar Chase had the game of his life. Franchise leader for receptions in the game for the Cincinnati Bengals. 15 for 192. Three touchdowns. Joe Burrow looked like himself. 34-20. The Bengals win it. Bengals needed it. Needed it very, very badly because they were reeling here in the early seasons, uh, early season stretch. 1-3 now. They improved to 2-3. and three. 34-20 with that win. All righty, we have another caller on the line. Let's get Mitchie back on here, and who are we going to call from? We got Sal from Washington, and he Sal, claims Sal from Washington. Sal is coming in hot. He wants to defend his commissioner. Sal, what you got? So, I heard a caller, uh, I believe it was John from up Long Island, you know, probably not the best, most well-versed fancy player. Oh, he, he seemed say, pretty intelligent so to I'm me. Actually in the same, I'm in the same league as John, we'll say. Hypothetically. It sounds, it sounds a lot like guy. Mike, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> so, 
commissioner is a great guy, by the way. We'll start off with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wonder why you think that. Do you and the commissioner go back? Do you guys go back a while? We're, we're buds. We're okay. We're right. buds. How would you describe the nature Mike, of the friendship? Mike, Sal, Sal, are you and Mike like, uh, you know, you, you guys think of each other like brothers? Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're even close person. Yeah. We I don't want to be together. throwing out we're, accusations we're here. We're close. Okay. We're close. All right, proceed with your defense. My thought is initially, so that trade, yes, while it does seem a bit lopsided on one side with the Kelsey and the uh, Mark Andrews swap, Mm -hmm. at the time, Kelsey's not Kelsey Kelsey this year, you know? That's the name value we were talking about earlier. Mark Andrews and Kelsey this year, with target share that Mark Andrews has seen, Mark Andrews arguably has the edge. Down the road, Kelsey, yes, it is still Travis Kelsey. But right now, Mark Andrews has the better season. Jackson Smith in Jigba is not comparable to Nico Collins, as Nico Collins is a 10 to 40 point range boomer bust. Now, Pacheco, as the last piece, Tony Pollard, obviously worse than Tony Pollard. But in order to give the other team depth, you know, you got to give up a better player. You give up Kelsey Pollard and a guy who's going to ride your bench in Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, you get three bona fide starters, guys who are increasing their target share and touches each week and points each week as well. What so, do you talk about depth? It was three players of the same position on each side. <laughs> There's no depth Well, the one aspect. guy didn't have any bench spots, to be fair. Jackson Smith and Jigbo won't touch the field for either of the teams. He was just a filler piece, so there was nobody getting dropped. So he's going to be on he's the out bench. Of okay. All righty. Interesting. Sal, Thank you, Sal, thanks, from Washington. For, uh, yeah, from Washington. I don't know how believable all that. I is. don't know about that. Sounded a uh, lot like Mike of, from New York. Yeah, Mike from New York and South from Washington. The mystery I that we. I may think there needs know. to be one of those vote functions in the league. Yeah, you know, vote on the trades, but maybe we appreciate the call either way. Let's run through. Take care, uh, Sal. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. No problem. Enjoy, enjoy Washington, man. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're even from, enjoy Washington. the mall. You know. All right. So, yep, you're right. The Bengals look good. About time. Got Cardinals, a message uh, from the Cameron Open. Tough first. loss. Yep, we're gonna get back into it. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Alrighty, final several minutes of today's show. Yep. We'll be right back here tomorrow, live on the air from 5 to 7 yeah. on Heavy Hitters. This will be our, uh, During the Phillies be our Braves, by the preview way. edition for the weekend ahead in football, college football. We'll be giving you live updates of the Phillies and the Braves. Mitch will be very keened in on that game. I will be as will animated. Many, as will many be tuned in for that big game three in the NLDS. All right. Um, let's keep going here with the NFL. We're talking about the 4 p.m. games. We're already talked to the Bengals and the Cardinals. Let's talk Eagles-Rams, 23-14. Oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles improved to 5-0. and um, bad Stay undefeated, man. Stay undefeated. Well, Jalen Hurts had some awful throws in this game. I am being validated that, that he is not a good quarterback. Good. It was awful. I was on the phone with Jack when it happened. It was atrocious. Uh, underthrowing, overthrowing wide open receivers. It's it's honestly a it's the miracle of the century that the Eagles are undefeated still with this man at quarterback. He's dragging <laughs> the team down. He's it, it's it's aggravating. It's frustrating. It it's stress inducing on a weekly basis. Uh, thank goodness Dallas Goddard finally showed up to the football team. We appreciate that. Woke up. 
Uh, on the other side, Cooper Cup is back and better than ever. Good for him. That's great. Um, but the Rams did not score a point in the second half. Eagles' uh, defense looked not so great early on. Shut them down later. I don't even think we had a turnover in this game. You did. Uh, Hurts through the interception. No, no, no. The defense. Oh. And uh, they still shut the Rams down for 14 points. Yes. How about the clock management on the part of the Eagles? 32 seconds they went down the field, cashed in for a touchdown just before the half uh, to make it 17-14. Never looked back from there. A couple field goals in the second half. Really, if you like offense, the second half of this game was not for you. But the Eagles, 5-0, second-best team in the league. Moving on. All right, Jets-Broncos, 31-21. New York rolls into the Mile High City, gets the win. Brees Hall, a huge 70-plus-yard touchdown run. That had big fantasy implications on many, including myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> that was... That was one of your. That was like a, a quasi Jose Alvarado moment for you on the phone there. Oh, it was worse. It was less than that. It was far less, but some of the same verbiage. Yes, <laughs> seventy-two yard touchdown for Brees Hall. Jets win it. Big time defensive play to ice the game uh, with a Bryce Hall thirty-nine yard scoop and score touchdown to put the Broncos to bed. Uh, again, Denver continues to look bad. Jets defense continues to be a big reason why they are in and win football games. Twenty-seven twenty. Chiefs go into Minnesota get a win. Travis Kelsey left his game a little bit banged up, returned, finished with 67 yards and a touchdown. Pacheco, 55 yards. I mentioned him as a big, big, big player for these next couple weeks, considering they played Denver two times in three games. I expect him to be a big, big fantasy uh, guy. So if you are a Isaiah Pacheco owner, make sure he's in your lineups. Don't play Thursday night games in your flex spot. Um, don't be that guy. Put him in either a designated running back or wide receiver spot because if injuries pop up late and that flex spot is being used, gives you a lot less roster flexibility. So, uh, Flexibility. Ah. It's almost like what it's named after. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Final game, Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys and the 49ers. I'm not talking about Monday Night Football. It was gross. Disclaimer, Raiders beat the Packers 17-13. Defensive showdown. And no one Love still stinks. Yeah. Uh, A couple of bad bad interceptions through three total in this game. Big time performance in the Raiders. So did. You know who else threw three interceptions, Jack? Dak Prescott. He threw four, actually. Oh, did he? Oh, I thought it was only three. I think he threw four. I think it was three. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, it was three. But give me a big old, how about, about them Cowboys? Cowboys. <laughs> they get annihilated. 42 wow. to 10. The Niners win it. Defense was there. Offense was there. Brock Purdy continues to show that he's not just uh, this this game manager guy. He is a big, I wouldn't say an elite quarterback, but he's a solid QB. George Jerry Kittle arrived. Knows how to run this offense to a T. 252 yards, four touchdowns. George Kittle, three touchdown game and wore a shirt that expressed yeah. his feelings about Dallas yep. that I will no longer comment on. By the way, just so you know. The, if so you want to know, just look it is up. Is that for real? 250? Was that just passing or was that total uh, what? offense? The 252 number you gave? That was pretty I was passing say that, yards. Okay, that can't, that can't be right. I was going to say. Yeah, pretty passing but, uh, yards. Yeah, I mean, San Fran outplayed them in every facet of the game. Didn't they look like they belong on the same field? The best team in the NFL. Yep, and now you, they they are. And now you have to have a conversation about is Dallas even the third best team in this conference? Yeah. Uh, I don't think they are. I think Detroit's probably better. I would agree. And now, I mean, it just does not look like the Cowboys' year again. They had some defensive injuries. Uh, those continue to pile up. And it does not look good down in Jerry World. Got to get rid of that quarterback. Got to get rid of that head coach. Head coach, yep. Uh, it's exactly the word I was looking for. Well, not win a Super Bowl with this current crop. Not even close. And rumors are CeeDee Lamb, not happy, might be requesting a trade out of Dallas. Have fun getting eliminated by the 49ers again. So. Anyways. All righty. 
Well, that will do it for today's show. Thank you for all of those who called in um, and got their thoughts out on the air. We appreciate it very, very much. Uh, But until tomorrow, for Mitchell Smedley, I'm Jack. I'm saying take care. Enjoy your night. Enjoy some playoff baseball. We'll be back tomorrow night here on Heavy Hitters.